And the Emmy goes to. 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 Breaking Bad. Modern Family. Feet. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast, where we discuss television here at nextbestpicture.com. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Time for recording 11.16 p.m. on September 20th, 2020. The 72nd Primetime Emmy Awards have just ended. We are here to deliver our recap to all of you here to join me to do that. I have Amanda Spears. Hi. Michael Schwartz. They did it. We did it. We all did it. And Tom O'Brien. What could I say? <laughs> well, this was by far the most unique award show I think any of us have ever seen. And even without a live audience, the show still managed to be three hours long. I, I had a feeling I was like thinking to myself, ah, maybe it is a world where they get through the show a little bit faster, maybe. But that wasn't uh, the case, uh, you know. There was a there were some technical difficulties here and there throughout the night, but overall, I have to say, presentation-wise, I thought they did a really, really excellent job with just adapting to these circumstances that we all find ourselves in in this COVID-19 world. Michael, what did you think of the presentation of the show? Oh, I thought the whole thing was seamless from start to finish. It started off with cuts to old crowd shots from previous years, which I thought was like some meta joke at first, but then it kept going on without any reference. And I thought, oh, maybe they are just going to keep cutting back to old uh, footage from the audience. And that would be weird. But of course, it was cleared up and you saw what was going on. And once you got used to it after the first award, it just like went along very nicely. It added some excitement to the evening because everything was switched around to see different people from different views. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. And I think if we continue this award season from home trend all the way to Oscars, we now have a blueprint of what it could look like. And while it's not ideal for anyone, it definitely works. So I was very pleasantly surprised with how this uh, worked tonight. Tom, what about you? What did you think of the presentation of the show? I thought the first 20 minutes was dynamite. You know, that, that I, I really thought the old footage of the audiences worked because it, a, a lot of the nominees were there. And if you weren't paying attention, you might think, oh, this is irresponsible, but uh, they're all there. And then when, you know, the lights came up and <laughs> Jason Bateman was sitting there alone, that was, I, I, I laughed out loud. And then they went into that wonderful room and that shot of all of the people that they um, have cameras on, uh, I was like, wow, this is really quite amazing. I, I think eventually it settled into a regular award show, but um, I thought it was very, very well done. And um, I particularly liked using American heroes as the people who opened the envelopes as the show progressed. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I really, really like that, too. And that room, man. He said it looked that like a room. Best Buy. I started getting like flashbacks to uh, like the Matrix with the architect and he has like all the TVs in the room surrounding him. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, what did you think of the overall presentation of the show? Uh, I think they did the best they could with a bad situation. And it was really nice to see all the people uh, playing along. And I just loved Cousin Greg sitting there like, oh, please let it be me with his hands in, in the prayer position, like, come on, come on, come on. I'm like, oh. And the way the night was going, I was kind of hoping for it. So it, it was a good show. They did the best they could. Uh, yeah, there's, there, I mean, good God, I, I could never have predicted Shit's Creek to do as well as they did. I mean, oh, Canada, like, 
good grief. Yep, the first hour of the evening was a complete domination by Shit's Creek. You know, it's funny because usually when we do these recaps, I tend to go category after category after category. But in this case, it just kept on happening. Shit's Creek wins Catherine O'Hara for lead actress in the comedy series, then Eugene Levy for lead actor. Writing, happy ending, directing, happy ending, supporting actor for Daniel Levy, supporting actress Annie Murphy, and then comedy series Shit's Creek. A complete sweep within the first hour. First time so- a comedy or a drama series has done so. Yeah, I think it does it go back to Angels in America that all four acting awards went to the same Angels show? Angels yep. in yep. America is the only series to do it. And um, uh, Shit's Creek makes history as the first comedy series to win all seven of the major awards. But Dan Levy also makes history as the first person to win, as an actor, to win four Emmys for writing, producing, directing, and co-starring in the series. Yeah, it's really incredible. And to see what happened with all these predictions coming true, a lot of us predicted everyone from Shit's Creek and writing and directing, but we did not predict. Any- Annie Murphy, but there was always a sneaking suspicion that she would get in, but it wasn't the season of a little bit of Lexus, so you know, it wasn't as baity as previous years, whereas Alex Borstein, who had won two Emmys and we know they love her so much, had this amazing season on Maisel, so we thought, okay, they'll spread the love a little bit and give it to Maisel there, but Maisel went home empty-handed tonight. It was pretty amazing after how it did so well the first season and, you know, didn't do as well last year, but still picked up two acting wins. So to see yeah. it go home empty-handed this time and just give all the love to Shit's Creek is just a really great send-off for this show. Maisel will be around forever, so there's there's plenty of time to honor it again. It was just so nice to see the entire room win and have it all condensed to that first hour. It was like, okay, this is the Shit's Creek send-off hour. Congratulations, everyone, and we appreciate all that you've done for us over the years. Well, it's it's odd because, you know, stats can take you so far. Like I like I said, I would not have predicted the writing win because I've been burned seven years in a row on that stat. So I just wasn't going to do it. But yeah, I when when once they won everything else, I'm like, oh, God, I really kind of hope Annie Murphy wins because that would have been kind of crappy. Be the one person there. The one thing I will say, and I love Catherine O'Hare and I love Eugene Levy. I was surprised neither of them mentioned their Christopher Guest acting troop member fred willard i thought at least one of them might say say something about him but yeah i i can't wait to see what they do next and let's get Catherine o'hara an oscar now yeah i i kind of like the fact that as i don't know as risky as it was that the entire schitt's creek family crew cast were all in the same room so that when all of this came down, you can see just how happy everybody was for each other. They knew they were going to have a big night and they rented out that very, very nice looking spot with tables spread out. I'm sure they had people serving them their food like they rented out a hall, you know, and I thought that was incredible, honestly, because it was really, really like you said, Tom, it was really, really great to see. Uh, a celebration, a party, if you will, uh, social distance, of course, you know, with hazmat suits and all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like it, it was refreshing compared to some of the Zoom uh, video recordings that we received, the people just sitting in their living rooms and such, just being a little bit more chill and relaxed. I, I, I loved it. And it almost felt like in a way, because it was so jovial, it almost felt like we were all part of that party, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a very right. intimate feel, especially with the Schitt's Creek team that was just like, you know, all of them in that room together. And it was a family. So many of them are family that it was just, you know, really nice to feel it, the sense of the community. And that's what that show is all about. So it felt very appropriate. I am getting a little weary in the comedy side of this one year love fest. The third year in a row, we've kind of seen it where it's like, we love Maisel. Here you go. We love Fleabag. You betcha. We love shit. I, I really hope next year we see a race yeah. or if there's not a new series, maybe I don't even know what's going to happen next year. I mean, we don't know what how Blackish could win comedy series next year. We don't know because we don't know what's going to be on TV. But yeah. it, it just feels like it's like they're having this love it and leave it kind of night once a season, once a year on the comedy side. Where it's like next year, it's like if that one show gets nominated for two dozen awards, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go all in on that show because the staff show it. Yeah, but the thing is that um, uh, Schitt's Creek had an underdog story that was yeah. almost irresistible um, to people. And uh, even in, you know, in supporting actress, uh, you know, anybody from Maisel could have won. Uh, but you know, it's it's it, it. I think Annie Murphy was just well. I wouldn't say carried along because she was really good in it. But I didn't expect her to win. No, she she got a little bit of help. I I do think, yeah, I think Alex Borstein could win again. I don't think this means that she's like done forever. It is interesting to to see what will happen next year and what show might be next year's big comedy series since we're kind of in that. A sweep, and I was actually kind of happy that Succession and Watchmen didn't do the same thing because I was like, "Oh God, this is going to be so tedious." That they just give each of these series all of these awards. I think that, like, because I, I have to admit, heading into the evening, we all knew that Schitt's Creek, Succession, and Watchmen were going to win the top prizes. And I had said prior to getting on the air to some people, there is no way. Even though they are going to obviously win the top prizes, there is no way that a single one of them was going to sweep in their respective categories, even though there was a potential chance that that could happen for each of them. Like, like it really was like in the cards that that could have happened, mm -hmm. but it would have been like highly unlikely. And... I think Shit's Creek, the the big like the big ones that it ended up getting, uh, especially you know supporting actress, uh, which you know a lot of us did not uh, predict to happen. And what was like the other one we were a little uh, a little on the fence on too? I think, writing. You no, know, I was fine with writing, but I thought directing uh, Amy Palladino could have gotten it because that that episode of Maisel is gorgeous. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it was the double. I mean, we've just seen again so many series with double nominations on the comedy side where that's been just like the kiss of death. So like I knew it would win directing. I just, I was a little weary of its writing chances because again, we've just seen so many combinations of different series doing that. But I mean, this is about as close as Netflix has ever, as, as Netflix has gotten to winning a series is that it was very gracious of Dan Levy to thank Netflix for putting it on the air. It's got to be a little bit of a twist in the knife for them because they had what seven series up in the three categories we saw tonight and 
none of them won. I mean, they've got a big problem at Netflix. I mean, they haven't won a single Emmy for uh, any of the series awards yet. Unless you count TV movie. Yeah, true, true. Well, they got a step closer tonight. They won, uh, we'll talk about it later, but they won a directing award over they in Limited. That's in right, past. yep. Might as well jump over to that now, because really, like I said, the evening's kind of divided between Watchmen, Succession, uh, Schitt's Creek, and then there's kind of like the everything else category. So why don't we just jump over to the everything else category there for a minute, the one-offs. Unorthodox wins directing for a limited series movie, which Amanda, you predictly uh, called that one. Let's hear it, boys. That was awesome. Good call. You you knew what was going to happen with Watchmen, where we all thought it was going to be some big sweep in limited series but it also just goes to show the effect that the pandemic had in some regard because unorthodox mm-hmm. is a show that really benefited from people being home back in march agreed and really getting time to sit and watch it and that is a show that once you sit down and really get sucked into it you can't look away it is totally gripping from start to finish brilliantly directed written acted shot everything about it so there was obviously some love and they got to show it there Oh, I hope she gave a great acceptance speech. I did not hear a word of it because I was just screaming. I was so excited because everyone had told me I was wrong. I, 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 that was like one thing from just a personal standpoint tonight with acceptance speeches. I didn't get a chance to like really enjoy the acceptance speeches that much tonight because I was um, I had like a five minute delay on my feed. All of you guys were like watching the awards and like tweeting and announcing the winners before I had a chance to see them. So I was like typing away ferociously composing tweets and I didn't really get a chance to like actually soak in a lot of what was actually being said tonight. I really kind of just visually every now and then looked up, saw the presentation and knew who was winning. But I really do need to go back and re-listen to a lot of these speeches because from what I understand, uh, there were quite a lot of heartfelt speeches, but also a lot of political ones as well. And, you know, one of the one of the speeches that I did see that was a one off category that I thought was delivered very well was Mark Ruffalo uh, for lead actor in a limited series. I thought he gave a really, really passionate speech. Ugh, I hate that series so much. <laughs> found that series so depressing a little bit that I saw of it. But now that he won and, you know, give a really heartfelt and passionate speech. It makes me want to go back and see what that was all about because he's a really talented guy. And, you know, you talk about someone to get an Oscar to next. He's been consistently turning in great work for a while. So it's time to really give him his due across the industry. And Oh, I'm sorry, Michael. Would you say it's time? It's time. For Mark Ruffalo. It's time, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yes. I, I think that like, I, cause I only watched the first episode of that show, but from what I could tell early on, it was a dual role. It was a heavy dramatic role. You know, he's a name. Yeah, I get it. Like, I, I think that it was just maybe one of those cases where, you know, Yeah, I think the timing of the show was bad. I think that this is like a classic example of like what we've been talking about with the Oscars and the election, where depending on the mood Mm -hmm. of the country, that will impact how people receive certain movies that come out after the election. Well, I know this much is true came right after the COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine and everything else. And everybody was lost and feeling depressed and they didn't want to they didn't want to watch this. But it was also kind of a slog. Yeah, yeah. I, I only like I said I only watched the first episode, so I didn't get far enough to really feel that. Yeah, but, but that I mean, the fact it, that he was the series only nomination would be the big problem. Yeah, 
Yeah, it didn't even get a limited series, so that was sort of a surprise. Whereas Bad Education, tech category, and then and then the night before, Bad Education had won for TV movie. So I thought that boded well for Hugh Jackman, at least. Absolutely. After I saw that it won TV movie, I was trying to back off Paul Mescal, who was my prediction last week, and. I mean, yeah, you look at both of them. I think it must have been a close race there because Jackman obviously had support with that education winning TV movie. And Paul Mescal was like the Internet's darling this spring and summer. So he had some support that was up there. I bet it was like a weird split. And Ruffalo was able to just come up the middle for a show that I don't know how many people watched it. You know what I think it was? I think it was a makeup for the normal heart. Yeah, that, that's a good point. He really should have won for that. That was the year that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch one again for Sherlock. And I, yeah. I predicted Jackman, but I probably should have worried a little bit because of the uh, Allison Janney snub. Yeah, that, yeah, that really was the thing that, that told me they didn't see it because Allison, I mean, we're talking about somebody who they will give an Emmy to for, for anything. Yeah. Exactly. Last week tonight with John Oliver wins for a variety talk series. No surprise there. RuPaul's Drag Race also wins again for reality competition program. No surprise there. You know what was a surprise, though? What? Uh, Zendaya winning for lead actress in a drama series for Euphoria. Oh, my God. I had like this sixth sense feeling about this happening. Like ever since like ever since I saw the damn show, I always felt like, oh, she could very easily because she just is like she's hot as a celebrity right now. You know what I mean? Yep. And so the nomination was one of those things where it was like, it's a long shot, but she got in and I should have, should have, should have predicted her. But like Ruffalo and like a lot of the other acting predictions, I wasn't willing to go out on a limb and predict people without a corresponding series nomination. But the night before Euphoria won what? Two, three, like creative arts awards. It won song. I mean, it didn't win like a big creative arts one, but yeah. it, it I understand. But thing. it still like shows yeah. that people watched the show to a certain extent. The one thing I did write off was her age because, well, one, Tom will call me an ageist, whatever. But when you do flip through these people who've won, if you look through the winners, you you start going, you know, the Oscars might like to give uh, breakthrough performers Oscars. The Emmys usually like to go for a, a woman of a certain age. I, I couldn't see it because I thought if it wasn't Coleman, Lenny made a lot of sense. And also I thought if it was going to go for an, uh, an outside series, it would be Aniston. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is that um, my, my mother is like kind of texting me while the show's going on. And she too is watching it five minutes, you know, before I catch up. So she texts me at one point, Lenny! And I'm thinking, oh, my God, Laura Linney won. And then I see you guys in the chat going crazy about Zendaya. And I'm like, what the hell happened? I need confirmation now. And apparently my mom was just reacting to the nomination clip. And I'm like, God damn it, mom. You You need to call your cable provider. I don't have cable. (laughs) That's the thing. I'm doing a a stream. (laughs) That that would be the problem. Yeah, exactly. The thing I think I enjoyed most about the uh, when her name was read was the reaction of the room. I mean, the reaction of the room is euphoria. Definitely. absolutely. There was a lot of that tonight. It was like, you know, I have to admit, there was something, there's something to be said for somebody on a Zoom, in the room with a bunch of people jumping up and down, clapping, going crazy versus one person sitting in front of the camera and humbly smiling, bowing their head, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. I, I just felt like those moments where 
people around the winner were happy were like some of the best moments of the night. Like Mark Ruffalo's wife, for example, like that was just fantastic. (laughs) Matt, I think you're the only person I know who watched Euphoria. That show flew way under my radar last summer. I knew it existed and that Zendaya was on it, but I had no idea it was going to turn into this awards thing. I can't call it an awards darling yet because it didn't really do anything else above uh, actress and drama series. But the fact that people were talking about it later on, like when it got that surprise nomination over the summer, I should have paid more attention because like you said, she's hot right now. And you know, it seems like people are really responding to this show in a way that I didn't know about. So good for her. I guess I really have to catch up with it now. And uh, uh, I'm going to say two things to that really quick. One, I was a huge fan of Assassination Nation, which was by Sam Levinson, who was behind Euphoria. So that's why I watched Euphoria. That's that's number one. Number two, though, I think the reason why Zendaya won, other than the fact that A, she is really good in the show and B, she is a really, really buzzed about star at the moment. I think that there probably was some vote splitting here uh, because it was such a contentious race with Laura Linney, with Aniston, with Olivia Coleman. And that does then when votes, you know, kind of split through like that, that does allow then for someone else to kind of come up unexpectedly. I agree. And then you have the Killing Eve ladies probably splitting it there, which just created this path that none of us really thought about. I know you gave it some thought, but didn't formally predict it, Matt. It was like Moonlight four years ago. Uh, It was the same exact thing where it was like I wasn't ballsy enough to actually predict it to happen because stats said that it probably wouldn't happen. But you're right. That was my that was truly my instinct moment of the night where it was like, ah. Man, I really should listen to my gut more often instead of my instead of my head. <laughs> with, with the euphoria, you know, between that mm. uh, unorthodox and the trailer for the new Brian Cranston show, you know, got to give an update here. Good night for the Jews in Israel. You know, the, the euphoria was inspired by an Israeli show. Yes, to tell you, I'm like, hey, look at all this. The Israeli talent is now invading America. It's like yeah. you know, right over the uh, the New Year, right. Right over the new year. This is our Rosh Hashanah surprise. This is our plan all along. There you go. Supporting actress in a limited series movie. Amanda's gut instinct and intuition came out ahead over here. Uzo Aduba for Mrs. America. And me too. Oh, sorry, Tom. I I should have given you a little bit more. uh... (laughs) Yes, you too, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, every now and then Tom and I were right together. Then we were wrong together. This was really interesting last week when we were making our predictions, because I'm looking at it here. Tom and Amanda, you were both right and predicted, predicted Uzo. Ryan and Matt predicted Tony Collette. And I look like the fool saying Gene Smart was a lock. But I think the lesson here is Gene Smart is never a lock if we learn anything from Fargo season two. <laughs> well, so. I, I, I will say for Fargo, like, I, I wouldn't take the Fargo loss as just Gene Smart, because everybody involved with Fargo has lost at the Emmys. But I do think that the social relevancy really helped her clear out the mud of and when I say the muck of this category meaning she was able to blow past her two co-stars who are, are who are Emmy darlings yeah Uzo Atuba though I think at this point can be considered an Emmy darling yeah, oh absolutely I mean, Martindale won for five minutes of screen time in two years so I, I mean <laughs> let, let and Teresa Ullman is no slouch but Uzo Aduba yeah. won for guest and won for supporting for the same role and now she's winning here for this I mean I, I think that there's you know she's definitely in the club I would say I just think that between the three there wasn't one that was when I saw the episodes clearly that was like this is the one I think what helped her was the social relevancy of her character, of Kamala Harris thinking Shirley Chisholm, 
at the DNC convention, it, it it just kind of perfectly timed out for her. Yeah, I think when you looked at Margaret Martindale, Uzuaduba, and Tracy Ullman, three Emmy darlings in their own way, to me that was a split waiting to happen between the three of them, and Gene mm-hmm. Smart would go ahead for the show that we knew would win limited series. So in my mind, it sort of makes sense with the logic, but I guess the whole social relevancy thing, and look, they rewarded Shirley Chisholm and Kamala in the same year at the Emmys, so that worked out yeah. really nicely. And, and also, uh, this episode, Shirley, was the only one that was nominated for writing. Yeah. So you know that they saw that episode then exactly. Yeah. 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 Which you know that we've seen that happen before, where um, sometimes if an episode is submitted for a performer in another category for directing or writing or something like that, you know that can sometimes also help uh, a performer that's up for that same episode, and you know that might have to be logic that we have to look at in the future. I actually think this is finally going to give Uzo the one award she's missing from her awards case. I think you know look for her for, to finally get that globe. She might finally be able to get the one award she didn't get for Orange is the New Black. Over on the supporting side of things, the final two runoffs, we have Julia Garner for Ozark, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Michael, 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 Julia Garner. I, 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 okay. I was very excited to see Julia win last year. This year, I'm a little bit more like, okay, because it's like we did this already. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there were other performers in this category that they could have done. But it felt like, given the fact that there are eight nominees, it, it did feel like almost a, we don't know, we're defaulting kind of choice. This was really interesting. And I came to that conclusion by working from the bottom up. Uh, Wiley from The Handmaid's Tale, not going to happen. Fiona Shaw from Killing Eve, forget she was in the show. Not much to do this season. Thandy Newton won. Didn't stick with me. Uh, Thandy Newton from Westworld, don't remember much of uh, what was going on there. And uh, that show just fell off the radar. I was surprised that she got in. Cancel out the two Big Little Lies ladies, even though they're both major, major, (laughs) major stars. The show did not respond uh, with the Emmys the way we thought at one point. So that leaves Julia Garner, Helena Bottom Carter, and Sarah Snook. Sarah Snook could have taken it with succession if they wanted to steam along. And honestly, I was thinking about changing my prediction in the middle of the show because it seemed like a likelihood. Helena Bottom Carter, I just don't know what it was about the crown, but they did not go for that the way I thought they would. And even though she had these big big showcases throughout the season, I, I just didn't see it. And Julia Gardner, even though she was not as strong in season three as she was in season two, they respond to that character. And I know enough people liked the show. Maybe not enough to give it lead actor, lead actress in series, but enough that I know people are still watching it and she's the thing they respond to on it, almost like Alex Borstein on Maisel, but she didn't have a uh, close number two here. Yeah. It breaks my heart that this is probably Bonham Carter's last chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, next year, Jillian Anderson. I was going to say, there's a season four with her coming. Well, well, yeah, she's coming, but... but... She's got to deal with with Princess Diana. She's not even in the, the preview trailer. And remember yeah. that Ben Mendelsohn won in, in a makeup year for playing a ghost. You're, no, you're right. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. When they know they messed up, they reward them the following year for lesser work. It, it, it happens, but you I know. Think for Julia, the, the silver lining to this is, is that, and I, I'm, I will admit to it, I didn't know last year if she won outright because I thought, wow, she's the only American in the category. She's got four Game of Thrones actresses and Fiona Shaw. She's a SAG Award nominee. Uh, yeah, okay, she's going to win. So so at least for her, like, she knows she outright won. 
this was not a fluke. And at least for Ozark, they didn't go 0 for 18. Which, you know, looking at it from that angle, that is crazy that it had such a high nomination count and only got this one award in the end. I mean, I thought Ozark was on the up and up where they were going to surprise and win more this evening, quite, quite honestly. But... Nope, wasn't meant to be. It was a reminder of the uh, the favorite at the Oscars. You know, it was like it was. Oh my God, they're gonna get shut out, and then they get one at the end. And I'm very glad mm. that Ozark got this one. Which, speaking of which, what was up with having the two supporting categories be the second to last before a drama series? What like, what was going on? Yeah, there? that was really strange. You know, that's the one thing mm. I would have changed about the night. It, it was like the anticipation buildup was not happening. No, no. The order. Uh, to, first of all, to have like it segmented between comedy in the first hour, limited series the second, drama the third. Fine, totally fine. That's you know I don't really object to that necessarily, but I think the best format, and I don't know why everybody keeps tinkering around with the format. I maintain the best format is supporting categories first. You hold your big, you know, big actor categories towards the end, and then you have your three main series prizes also at the end, culmination aspect, like you were saying there, Michael. Like, you have the supporting people in the beginning to get people hooked. Oh, look, stars, you know, and then you just kind of sprinkle stuff throughout the middle. I mean, I don't know why everybody's always trying to fuck around with the presentation order and do like these weird things with it there's a perfect way of doing it but i think considering it was virtual I, I kind of understand more than usual why they did comedy drama limited series and that kind of a chunk because i could imagine you know sitting around your camera all night might be a little off-putting if your series isn't winning and then you're like well i don't want to leave but what if we do win it, it it made more sense than it usually does. I, I guess it's kind of what I'm. You saying. know what? It's so funny you say that, Amanda. They probably said, uh, "Yeah, uh, Shit's Creek crew. You only need to have your uh, camera on from uh, nine until ten o'clock." You know, <laughs> and everybody else probably had their cameras off as well. Like you know, it's like. But it, it it does make sense as far as a planning for a virtual award show. I, I think it makes more sense than it, it usually does is my point. It's not, I'm not that is probably like, exactly what happened. Now that, that Amanda, now you bring it up, that's probably exactly what it was. It was like, this is your hour. Yeah. And then the other two hours, you can have the camera off and you guys can enjoy each other's company, drink wine, do whatever, you know? But I guess I, the question was, why do they lead with the leads? Yeah, I, that doesn't make sense to me. But I, I was in such a good mood after Catherine O'Hara won. I just didn't care. Yeah, which I remember you saying it was like the only win you wanted to have happen on the night, Amanda, that when it happened first, I, I kind of kind of wanted her to not win just to see what it would do to you for the rest You're of the a horrible evening. Person. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I didn't do that to you. I'm sorry. I'm not, you're not a horrible person, man. I'm just joking. I, I just, I just, I, for the sake of laughs, I just thought it would have been hysterical. But, you know. Uh, last one off of the night, uh, Billy Crudup for the morning show. Critics' Choice winner in this category. Repeated again here at Sad the Emmys. Sad nominations yeah. matter, people. Yeah. Sad no series. nominations so. matter. Yeah. That sort of surprised me. I like the morning show well enough. But his performance really did not stick out to me. I even wrote him off when we were doing our predictions last week. So to see him win over the Succession guys and Giancarlo Esposito, Bradley Whitford, all these other people who just seemed ahead of the pack to me, uh, I'm a little surprised. But good for Apple TV Plus, I guess. You know what it is, I think? I think it's just a matter of they looked at him 
and they know he's been around. He's given stellar character actor supporting performances over the last, you know, 20 something years. And they just said it's time. Yeah, but so is Esposito. Yeah, I feel bad for Esposito. I knew it was coming and I still maybe the Mandalorian will give him something to do. It's a shame because under this new system with breaking with his final season on Breaking Bad, he would be an Emmy winner. Yeah. Well, Billy Crudup is now halfway to EGOT. He's just missing the Grammy and the Oscar. So, you know, we could do that. Oh, yeah. That, that's a. Uh, but who's going to get there first? As you mentioned it, Ludwig Gornson or uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I can't wait for the Tony Awards. Yeah, right. Really. Oh, I know. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are definitely figuring out how to do a musical right now for sure. <laughs> but you know what? Look out for Ludwig Gornson because he is only 36 years old. If he can do oh, it sure. in the next three years, depending on his age at the Tony Awards, he will bump Robert Lopez as the youngest. I believe it. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Moving over now to limited series, Watchmen. I mean, we all knew it was happening, right? Yeah. I have to admit, the writing win for this extraordinary being was something that I held very dear to my heart simply because it just felt great to see Damon Lindelof win an, a writing Emmy yeah. because of his contributions towards lost the leftovers. And now this, I, I just felt so happy for him because I've been such a huge fan of all these shows that he has worked on over the years, his film work, you know, debatable, but his television work has always been really stellar to me. So that was really great. And we all knew that Watchmen was going to, you know, do extremely well. But I think the one thing that a lot of us weren't expecting, maybe necessarily, was the rise of Yaha Abdul-Mateen II for supporting actor. That was really interesting because I went with Jim Parsons last week, probably against my better judgment. And we all told you it was against your better judgment. Hey, well, I <laughs> felt you saw the Ryan Murphy thing going on. Everyone else here went with Louis Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. But I, I and I understood that logic because there was a whole you know arc based around him. But with Yaya, he was my uh, second choice behind Jim Parsons because I just thought that this was sort of like the underdog. It was the hurdle getting the nomination. And after that, if they watched the show, they would see what he was doing, especially in those later episodes, knowing that he's a star on the rise. He has trialed the Chicago seven opening later this year or next month. I mean, before we know what it's going to be like next Oscar week, pretty ride. much yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really soon. Where's the year going? Wait, it's September. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, good for him because he is someone who we're going to be seeing a lot from. He already made a little bit of a mark with, uh, Aquaman. So to see him, come here and, you know, be this player and watchman and people recognize who he is, give him the award. I was very happy to see that. And I think we'll see a lot from him in coming years. And Candyman next year, don't forget. Oh, that's right. Clearly they watched the entire series and good for him. It was that big blue penis, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Well, it's funny. I'm telling you. You have him win for Watchmen, and then you have Billy Crudup win for supporting actor drama. Did they get confused with Watchmen movie? I was thinking the same thing, Michael. <laughs> I was like, yo, people accidentally went to go watch Watchmen on HBO and they put on the movie by mistake, probably. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, this Billy Crudup guy is great. <laughs> I didn't see the Dr. Manhattan's. Uh, the movie is like kind of this, uh, it, it, it's got its problems, but it's an interesting movie for its time and when it came out. But uh, I, oh. I, it's not something I recommend necessarily, but... It's an interesting movie, to say the least. Yeah. Um, 
Moving over now to Succession. Succession won for Jeremy Strong, lead actor. It also won for writing, directing, for hunting. That was a surprise. That was a surprise. And drama series. It was like, wow, the hunting episode. Jeez. You know, if anything, you would have thought it would have been the finale. But instead, they went for Bore on the Floor. Yeah. I really thought that Aberfan from The Crown was going to win directing. Like, I really, really thought that. I was shocked. Yeah. That's, that, that's beautifully directed. I, I really think it's the lack of Stephen Daldry. Um, hopefully he comes back. Yeah. I, I mean, I think sometimes with the crown and, uh, you know, the fact that they won the first round of the casting for the last season. So we might see this, like, we don't need to award them till next year. I mean, they still have a season five and six coming. Well, no, but they only have one more season with this cast. And we saw like, you know, all those unknown actors last for the first season, like, Vanessa Kirby didn't get in and Matt Smith didn't get in. And then the next season, it's everybody's nominated and Stephen Daldry wins and Claire Foy wins and it wins casting. Well, there's kind of two. a reoccurring theme here sometimes, right? With certain shows yeah. uh, when it comes to the Emmys where it takes time for them to catch up. You see that happening here with something like Shit's Creek in a way and Succession in its second season. So... You know, I definitely think that there is uh, something that happens from time to time where it's like, oh, we're, we're catching up. The only thing, though, is I don't know if that necessarily applies to The Crown, even though it's got a refreshed cast, because it feels like The Crown already had that with its second season. And I don't know if it's going to happen again, like on what every every even numbered season, they're going to have a, a rejuvenation, you know, because Possibly. they suddenly re catch up with it again. I, I highly doubt it. Well, but, I don't know if it's the catching up, but I think it's the immediacy of, OK, this is our last chance to award these people. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people know, though, it's season five. We've got Imelda Staunton, Jeremy Irons and Leslie Manville. Yeah. And Elizabeth Debicki. It's a great cast. Yeah. Uh, so the, they'll definitely be back here, I would say. And when it, when it comes to Succession, I mean, I don't know if Succession is going to be a drama series juggernaut for many years, the same way that Mad Men was, for example. But, you know, I do believe that if the quality of the show maintains what it's been able to maintain so far, I could very, very easily see uh, some of the supporting cast members picking up wins later. I could see the writing awards keep on you know, coming through for it. Yeah. You know, the Emmys like to do repeat winners, uh, you know, year after year after year sometimes. And I, I think that considering the performance of Succession tonight, you know, compared to Watchmen, which isn't coming back in Shit's Creek, which is in its final season, um, it's very, very likely that we could see Succession uh, continue its momentum into another year. Yeah, and historically it shows after they win a series award. We saw it with Maisel. We saw it with Game of Thrones after they won the first time. Um, we saw it with The Handmaid's Tale after they won their first series award. They'll do better in nominations. So <laughs> if you're on succession, look out next season, whenever that is, you might actually be in a, a good position to get nominated. I mean, I don't know how many more people in this cast they can nominate at this point. <laughs> and, may and maybe next year, Brian Cox will look happier. Maybe. Oh, he was plenty happy when they won. When they won series, he looked pretty thrilled. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look really thrilled when he lost. 
You know, it was really, really tough for me to figure out sometimes because of uh, people's delays on their Zoom. So I couldn't tell for a moment after the winner was announced if they were being like emotionless or if it was just a delay on their Zoom. And then there was like a delayed reaction. You know what I mean? So for like a split second, every time I'm watching like the co-star and I'm like, oh, my God, they look so pissed. Oh, never mind. Now they're reacting. (laughs) Now they're happy. it yeah. did look like Helena Bonham Carter turned the tele turned the camera off. Like really, it was done. I, I can't say for certain. It's just, I, I mean, I'm again. You know, there's like five boxes. It's not like she's in the audience rolling her eyes. It looked like she's like, okay, I'm done. Like I don't know what time it is in London right now, but you know, if I was her management, I would have said, look, there's a good chance you might win this. You might want to like get out of bed and be there, and just in case. What did you guys think of the In Memoriam segment and Tyler Perry receiving an honorary award? The In Memoriam was beautiful. I mean, it was so hard to watch because so many people died this year and, you know, really big, notable people. It was tragic. But the way that they put it together, I know, Tom, you sent a message to us during it, just how they shot it and how they assembled the whole thing together. It was really stunning. Conceptually, yeah, I thought it was a pretty genius idea. And I'm really glad I picked um, the upset uh, win of uh, Tyler Perry for the Governor's Award. Hey, what that man has built is pretty impressive, regardless of the quality of his work. You know, what he has done for, you know, representation and, you know, building a billion dollar empire. That that is really impressive what he did in Atlanta. Yes. I did see a lot of people on Twitter, like a little a little upset about the fact that he was getting that because the quality of work is so good that it's like we're rewarding like mediocrity and such. But at the same time, you know, regardless of quality, this is a business where money talks and Tyler Perry has made a lot of people a lot of money. And, you know, that that's always going to be an interesting conversation. Another thing, too, that uh, I, you know, caught my eye tonight in particular was I really, really need to stay off of the actual timeline during award shows because within the first two minutes, I swear to God, the show wasn't even on to minute three. I was already seeing negative takes from people about the presentation of the show. Oh, this bit is not it. Or that joke was horrible. Like, whatever. And it's like, my God, at what point can we all just come together and just enjoy an award show as lovers of the medium like why do we have to pick apart everything why so before we leave tyler perry i just want to note that how many people and not just in front of the camera but behind the camera people of color uh hired his crew that he's given their start to yeah it's true uh there was also a lot of uh Winners of color tonight. Once again, the Emmys incredibly diverse. I saw somewhere that Zendaya is the second uh, best actress in a drama series winner uh, after Viola Davis. That that's that's correct. I I, I think yes, right. That's, that's correct. You know, and I mean, you had Uzo Aduba winning uh, Watchmen with Regina King. I mean, you know, the Emmys. I mean, yes, they have more categories than the Oscars do, but I mean, they still always put the Oscars to shame, I feel like, when it comes to diversity. There was an amazing stat, speaking of a different type of diversity, that tonight when Zendaya won lead actress in a drama series, she only became the second person from an HBO show to win in that category after Edie Falco. Which, that when I saw that, I, I couldn't believe that at first, but, you know, I think that also 
you know, speaks to probably, if I'm taking a guess here, a bit of the programming that HBO tends to do, which does tend to lean more male centric. Well, sometimes it it depends where you look like Sex in the City, of course, was a comedy. And that's like one of their big premium shows. So it wouldn't have won in that category to begin with. But you look through like Nicole Kidman. I think deserves to do it this year. There are so many people who, you know, could have done it over the years. So to think that it's only the second where it actually has happened, that was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I mean, HBO and their diversity, I mean, they're great with their limited series and their TV movies. I'm not going to poo on them for that. But, you know, Easter Ray does not get the credit or the attention she deserves for being their first lead actor or actress person of color to be nominated. She was the first in the any of for HBO series, followed by Jeffrey Wright and then of course Zendaya. But she doesn't get that kind of credit. You know, I think Tandy Newton, she's the first black British actress to have won. I mean and also I mean they, they really want to pat themselves on the back as far as their their diversity, but I believe that like John Leguizamo pointed out that there was not any Hispanic nominees. We're going to check off every single race known to man. Well, you know, I'm just saying they're, they're not, they're, they're not. That's what I mean. But that's, that's an example of what I mean about the whole complaining aspect yeah, earlier. It's like it. people are always going to complain about something, you know, there's always going to be something. I With the amount it. of television out there, I think, you know, this is just even more of a reason. If it's already at eight for some categories, why not expand it to 10, have 10 nominees across the board for all the acting categories? Yeah, but at what point then is, are people going to say, oh, let's make it 12. Let's make it 15. Let's make it, tw-, you know, when does it stop? 10 is a nice round number. Eight is not well this is my problem with eight is that if you have eight people in a category you need 12.6 percent of the vote to win julia garner only needed 12.6 percent of the vote to win her category a second time i think they need to go back to a rent ballot because it's it's ridiculous that you only you the the amount of votes you need to win a supporting race i think or, or make the nominee list smaller yeah i i think go back to six I don't think this is going to work because I think there's going to be networks who are just going to go, you know what? I got a TV show and I know it's not going to get any nominations, but I got another one that I want nominated. So I'm going to throw in everybody into the category to balloon this up to 10 because I think it's on a rolling scale depending on how many people are submitted. But also, too, to Michael's point, there is so much quality television out there nowadays that maybe maybe indeed rounding it up to more to 10 isn't such a bad idea so that this way. It is a nice round number. Nobody's left out. Every television show like gets some sort of a mention here or there. But I agree, Amanda, that winning by that small of a margin is like it's ridiculous. I'm not too thrilled with that. Yeah, it's not really a win. You're just basically the it's not. I mean, it's not even really a popularity contest at that point. You're just the least hated person. And and when you have that many nominees in a particular uh, uh, category. Um, if you're on a very good show, you may have upwards of three or maybe even four people from your own show, which will split and someone, you know, would only with 12 percent would get in. All right. My question now becomes uh, who in terms of fashion and this extends to the room in which they were sitting in. I know we already talked about like the Shit's Creek crew and their setup, but in terms of what people were wearing or where they happened to be sitting for their Zoom calls, did anybody catch any details or anything like that in the frame that they found to be particularly interesting? Billy Porter's Emmy sitting next to him. <laughs> hey, y'all, want to remind you. I won last year. <laughs> exactly. 
Not so much framing, but more uh, wardrobe choices here. I thought it was, you know, very pointed and excellent to see Regina King and Uzu Aduba wear Breonna Taylor shirts. Oh, yes, definitely. That was really excellent. Uh, And then you saw Laura Linney wearing a shirt that said vote, vote, vote all over it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people made their statements tonight, rightly so, but it wasn't so much in the version of saying it in a speech. They were more subtle choices. And I think that works, too. You know, one thing that I also was kind of trying to figure out while watching was, you know, they were presented a physical Emmy, right? So are there people like from the Television Academy, like staff people that are standing by with a ready Emmy in hand to hand over to somebody in the room? And if they don't win, they're like, okay, my my time here is done. Have a good night. And they just like silently back out. You didn't see Rama Yusuf's video where he posted what happens when you lose in the person that suit. I didn't see what happened. Yeah, somebody somebody was there, and then if they didn't win, they just left. That's hysterical. Oh, yeah, they were outside. It was so funny. They had it was a hazmat suit that looked like a tuxedo. Oh, my god! So they had these people driving around. I don't know if you saw this with the stream, Matt, but they had commercials on ABC. It was like a Kia commercial. They had all these, like, Television Academy interns driving around the different areas in these Kias in hazmat suits outside the people's houses or apartments, wherever they are. Wait, 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 wait. So the hazmat suit for the Shit's Creek crew, that was like not a Shit's Creek thing. That was like an actual no, thing. No, everywhere. That, that yeah, they, they were from the Television yeah. Academy. That is, oh my God, that is too funny. They were designed by like a top fashion designer to have a hazmat suit with the tux. So they went to all the houses. They were driving all over outside the nominees' homes. And then they would either come in if they won Or if not, they would just wave and walk away. The amount of coordination that is needed on the Television Academy's part to pull that off is making my mind do jumping jacks right now. (laughs) It was really staggering. And well done to uh, Reggie Hudlin, who, uh, you know, really got this whole thing together. By the way, guy's having a great year. He apparently introduced uh, Doug Emhoff to Kamala Harris. So he's like putting together the future second family in addition to pulling off the biggest Emmys of all time. You know, guy really knows what he's doing. Yeah, bravo. an honorary Emmy for putting this together. Jeez. Any other little nuggets, little details? That Rami Youssef thing is hysterical. I just saw it now for the first time. Does anybody else have anything else from the evening that stands out to them? I really did like the uh, the the uncontrollable uh, fire bit that happened with the first <laughs> yes, award. That was 2020 in a shot right there. Yeah, yeah seriously. Right there. <laughs> Uh, there was there was like an unpredictability with the whole evening, you know, I mean, even when uh, Sterling K. Brown got up to uh, <laughs> present the nominees and there was like a technical difficulty and he just was like he was in I don't give a fuck mode <laughs> you know, yeah, about the whole thing. Twice and, and all night. I mean, God, I mean, talk about the person who had to be on camera for a lot of times like, OK, we get it. You don't like me. You're over me. Yeah. yeah. But I think <laughs> in the future, I don't think any more presenters should bring on alpacas. Uh, poor, poor, poor Randall. That, that was like at the Oscars back in the 90s when they had the bear with uh, Billy Crystal. Oh, God, yes. Anything else? Yeah. Any other uh, any other details? Any other call outs? Anything? I, I really think it's a shame that, you know, a lot of people didn't see Eddie Murphy's acceptance speech because that was probably the most personable he's ever been. Yeah. I was actually going to make a similar point. Just give a oh, shout out fun. to all the people who won uh, guest Emmys last night. It was Eddie Murphy. For SNL, uh, I'm gonna say Kamala Harris for SNL, but it was Maya Rudolph winning uh, for playing Kamala Harris, which is really great to see. 
they won comedy. And then over on the drama side, it was Ron Cephas Jones for This Is Us. So still a little bit of love left there. And Sherry Jones, who they love, love, love for Succession. Yeah, I mean, the Sherry Jones uh, call was one that, you know, made a lot of sense. The Ron Cephas Jones one was one that is still kind of perplexing me right now. I still don't really understand it. I don't get it. Amanda, you called out how this was actually a good sign. And, you know, we saw more examples of this tonight, actually, that your series does not need to necessarily be nominated for series to win an acting award. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, a bad thing. I think that, you know, with the morning show, they just, you know, we talk a lot about the strength and the power of the acting branch, but I think the Mandalorian bumped it out a drama series. That makes sense. I mean, the Mandalorian walked away in the end with seven awards, all of yeah. them from the Creative Arts uh, Emmys evening, but still, I mean, it, it got a lot. It reminded me very much of uh, how well Stranger Things did in its first season. Um, yeah, Stranger with the first year without Game of Thrones, Stranger Things and Westworld each kind of split the bounty with five each. And we kind of saw the same-ish with Watchmen and uh, The Mandalorian each taking seven. But um, if Apple Plus is wondering what stopped them from getting into drama series, I would say Disney Plus and The Mandalorian, who doesn't give a crap about this because, again, it's not even on their website that they're... They're streaming out. It's not even listed. They don't care. Well, Mandalorian will be back for a second season in a couple of days, whereas now the morning show, I think even without that series nomination that went for Billy Crudup tonight, the nominations themselves, I think it now actually brings a little bit of legitimacy to Apple TV. I mean, remember when uh, in its first year, Netflix, for example, didn't win drama series, didn't win for any of its main actors, but David Fincher won uh, directing. Uh, for House of Cards. And it was kind of like the beginning of, you know, that streaming service just kind of cementing itself on the map. Yeah, I don't think that you have to win the top prize. You just need to get in the club with the nominations, I think. And, you know, if you get that far, at least, I think that brings the legitimacy. Exactly. Yeah, didn't Uzo win the first year? I, I think Orange is the New Black and House of Cards were the same year. So I think Uzo did win. Oh, that was the same year? year. Yeah, yeah. That was the same yep. year. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. I just wanted to say the thing that struck me about it was the entire show that dynamic opening that amazing set design where most of the show took place the amount of uh effort it took to be able to bring all of that off and uh it was just i think one of the better emmys shows i've seen in a long time i thought i have to admit given the restrictions and everything else i love jimmy kimmel's opening monologue with uh the shots of the audience from last year I really like the unpredictability of the show because of the technical difficulties and this all just being a show of firsts. I had a great time and there are a lot of things that I want to rewatch because as I mentioned before, I was too busy tweeting during it and I do need to, you know, catch up on some of these speeches a bit. But, you know, other than that, I had a really, really fantastic time, Michael. Yeah, I agree with you. From the opening to the unpredictability element, I think so much of this worked better than it had any right to. And we'll see what happens over these next couple of months. I'm not very hopeful about how this country is going to respond. So we might be seeing a few more virtual award, award shows. But if they're as good as this, that's fine by me, as long as we're you know on a track to being back in person one day when it's safe to do so. 
Oscars take note. And quite quite honestly, you know, all the other shows too, Globe, SAG, Critics' Choice, you know, you know they were all eyeballing tonight to see what it would look like. And I thought there was a pretty good formula there. It, Definitely. They set up pretty high bar. Now, is there any show from this year that either underperformed or is heading into its final season next year? Anything that you guys want to like maybe just say on the record – Oh, like you hope that this has a better year next year or, you know, you, you think that next year might be the year for this person, anything like that, Amanda? Well, two things I will say is with all these series, we, we don't even know which series will have series next, have seasons next season, next Correct. year, because, you know, Succession hasn't began filming. The Crown might actually get to win drama series because they might be the most prestigious show left. I would hope that Vince Gilligan has something Shakespearean-esque planned for Bob Odenkirk. Get him back in and maybe hopefully finally win that Emmy. And also, I'd like for Pedro Pascal to get to take his helmet off in Mandalorian and get to act. Because if that shows on Emmy's radar, if he gets to like emote and not just be the guy in the tin can, he might actually you know, be able to sneak into a top category. Like your dog sneaking in right now? <laughs> Yeah, he wants to go to bed. I'm sorry. I told you. He likes Baby Yoda. Tom, what about you? What are you looking forward to? I am really hoping that uh, if it comes back for a second season, uh, given the pandemic, that this next year will be the year of the great. And Michael? I think after the overperformance in the writing category this year what we do in the shadows is going to come on strong with some acting nominations next year and maybe even pull Shit's creek who knows i think that show is making you know its way to an upward trajectory here and people really better watch out because that is really getting a lot of traction i definitely echo the what we do in the shadows and also i echo um the better call saul sentiment as well especially with uh, it being the final season for that particular show I think that there are a couple of things next year that will die off. Like, I think Stranger Things will be done. Finally, I think Westworld will be done. I, you know, but the, but the real but the real thing here is. Other than the crown, like Amanda said, and Mandalorian season two, apparently. What else is there? Slow steps. Production is resuming. It's just a matter of when the new you know, timeline will allow these shows to premiere by. Well, here's the thing I'm going to just say about that really quickly. You guys would be very, very surprised considering how long it does take sometimes for shows to come out with new seasons. I think everyone would be very, very surprised to know that sometimes they really drag the waiting period out for a show to premiere when they don't have to, it's all just strategic in terms of when they shoot it, when they go into post and when it actually premieres in terms of the schedule. But I really do believe that the amount of time it does take to shoot some of these and actually like really get a season like in the can, you know, because you can do post while a season is still kind of airing, you know, it buys you a couple of weeks of uh, buffer time, you know. So I, I do think that we could be in for given, you know, I think we could be in for something pretty incredible in terms of turnaround time um, if the stars do align in early 2021. I mean, fingers crossed. 
Well, depending on what they decide, I mean, you know, succession or Stranger Things, I think Stranger Things might have actually already started, might be done. That might be one of those other shows that's already done. But, you know, maybe we don't see 10, 10 episodes. Maybe they only do six or seven. That's a, that's a possibility, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw today that uh, they uh, did film an episode and a half of uh, uh, Fargo with Chris Rock. Yeah. which I'm really looking forward to. I thought that they, I thought they had a whole thing of that that was coming out. Yeah, they only had to finish the last episode yeah. and a half. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, that's what it was. I think this Sunday, said next Sunday, the first yeah. two episodes are going to be available. And, you know, for Chris Rock, look out for him at the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes, like Fargo, the Emmys do not acting ones. We shall see. We shall see. It might be the only limited series in there. He could win. Let's put a bow on uh, this year's Emmys. It's been a very, very fascinating year of television, to say the least. Michael, final thoughts before we go. RIP, RBG, vote, 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 vote. Tom? Echo Michael, vote, 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 vote. And Amanda? Vote, 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 vote. And it was nice to see Jeremy Strong break the nine-year trend and best actor of first last. But I do kind of still feel bad for Steve Carell because he's lost like eight 20 about 20 emmys now i i've lost count and my final thing i'm gonna say is we actually have a new format coming to next best series starting next month uh we will be reconvening over here uh once a month the same way that we do for our next best theater episodes we're gonna keep this very free-flowing you know in the past we have done specific reviews for specific shows here and there whenever we can fit it in the schedule not anymore now what we're going to do is once a month we're all going to get together whoever is available whoever on the team wants to come on and it's going to be just a casual conversation about hey what have you been watching on television since the last time we were here could be a continuation of a show that you talked about last time you could be revisiting a show just for comfort purposes Maybe you started something, you didn't like it, and you decided, all right, I gave it three episodes, I'm going to move on to something else. It's going to be just a, what have you been watching? And I'm really, really excited to be a little bit more consistent with our television uh, chats in that regard. And hopefully it'll be uh, fun because it's not, you know, there's going to be no structure to it necessarily. It's going to just be us getting together and chatting. And, you know, hopefully uh, maybe maybe of that there will come a structure. But for now, I'd rather just keep it casual and really just make it uh, something fun for us to talk about. All right, Amanda, where can I find you on the Internet? At Miss Amanda Spears, but I am taking a break because I'm tired. <laughs> Michael, where can I find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. Tom, where can I find you? And I am on Twitter at Thomas E. O'Brien. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 12 of the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast on nextbestpicture.com. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player, FMA, Cast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.